Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Streaming services are on the rise, and -and brick-and-mortar video stores are a thing of the past. We have lost that experience of wandering the aisles and stumbling upon a film we've never heard of. We have replaced the familiar face behind the video store counter with an algorithm to recommend films. With more and more content available, 
it's harder to know what's worth watching and what might be a waste of your time. There are many hidden gems out there waiting to be discovered, and we want to help you find them. This is Trailer Rewind, a podcast where we discuss and review recently forgotten or overlooked films that are now available to stream at home. In today's episode, I have JJ and Ocean here to discuss Loose. Hey guys, it's great to have both of you here. Hi, great to be here. Hello. <laughs> oh, I want to say the same thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. hello, hello, gentlemen. I'm looking forward to discussing this movie with you. All right. So t- today that is... That does work. <laughs> today is March 16th, and Loose is available on Hulu. When I first met my mother, she couldn't pronounce my name. My father suggested that they rename me. They picked Loose, which means light. If you Googled model student, Luce Edgar's picture would come up on the computer. Given Luce's background, you and Peter must have faced quite a few challenges. The language barrier, the culture shock. I mean, you don't pull a kid out of a war zone and have him turn out like Luce without a lot of help. Which is why this is so difficult. Difficult? So Loose was released in five theaters back in August 2nd, on August 2nd, 2019, which seems like years and years ago. Right. It uh, slowly scaled up to 235 theaters a month later on Labor Day weekend. And, but by the start of October, it was down to 17 theaters and was gone by October 11th. Wow. So it, it just a short two months in theaters. It made just over $2 million, had yeah. a brief international release that added another 250,000. Uh, by October 29th, 2019, you could purchase loose on DVD or digitally. It is not available on Blu-ray. I could not find any That's information weird. about this being released on Blu-ray. I went to my main source, Blu-ray.com, and there was no okay. information there. So I have a feeling this is a film that people are most likely to stumble across on a streaming service uh, with such a limited release. I don't see people like you know hunting down a DVD to purchase for this film, um, particularly and it's you know, only the, streaming on Hulu. Right, now. right, and right now it's only streaming on, on. Yes, exactly. So this is you know typical for like a trailer rewind film. It, short time in theaters, a lot of recognizable faces in this, but it just sort of flew under the radar. And with not having a lot of options for you know purchase, uh, I mean, sure you could buy it digitally. You could dish out money for a DVD, I guess. Uh, but I think most people will, will find it if they're a Hulu subscriber. So given that, you know, a, a film that didn't really do well out in theaters, what did you guys think in general? What, what did you, what was your reaction to Loose? Well, I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I was, I was very impressed with it. I had to take breaks. It was that intense, um, for me. Um, I was bracing myself for disaster throughout this film. So when we talk about who this movie's for, it's definitely for people who like drama and who like a kind of like dramatic thriller. That being said, I was very happy with how everything paid off and the way that the story wound itself uh, in the end. So I'm, I, I ended up being a big fan of this movie and I'm very surprised with the names and with the numbers, how that doesn't reconcile in my brain. I think this is one of those kind of classic trailer rewind movies that I'm going to uh, advocate that a lot of people try to find, uh, whether it's on whether it's on Hulu or renting it from you know right. Amazon Prime or Vudu, which is what I did. Right. Um, I think it's one that that people should see. How about you, Ocean? I loved the movie. I found that I uh, um, 
there's multiple aspects of the story that I like, and we can just definitely will discuss that. But I think that for me, a lot of it was uh, dealing a lot with personal identification. I find that I identified um, with several of the characters and some of their points of view. I actually found that uh, there were multiple characters in there that I felt like I know and or am related to that person um, in the in this film. And so, um, well, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. I, I liked all the little the the twists and turns of it. I loved how it was not a straightforward movie, and I do definitely recommend it to you know pretty much anyone I ever talked to about movies. If, if you like psychological thrillers, speaking of who the audience is, if you like psychological thrillers, this is this is definitely it for you. But if you uh, if you're if you were waiting for you know uh, Batman to show up, he doesn't. <laughs> well, Bat loose. Well, this <laughs> this was a film. So the last sort of sequence of trailer rewind uh, that I did, where we sort of you know rotated through. Uh, you know, next real host. Uh, Luce was one of the options, and Ocean and I ended up talking about a, a different movie. And he said, "If we ever, if you ever do Luce, you know, I would love to talk about it." So I, I had a feeling he nice. was going to have a very. I knew he had a, a strong reaction to this movie, and was very excited about uh, talking about, it, which is why I wanted to have him on the show so that we get his his insights, his input, and what it was that you know he responded to so much in this movie. And I, th- I think that we all had a really I think strong reaction to this movie. I really, really enjoyed it. It's one that has given me a lot to think about. It's a movie that for me asks a lot of questions and doesn't give a lot of answers. And that may come from the fact that it's adapted from a play that it has something. Yes. So there's a lot of, I think smart writing that uh, I typically don't see in a lot of films in that it, it, there's a lot of things that may happen off stage or off screen. And there's a lot of pieces that I know they, they had to have changed in adapting this to film because the, the cast that I saw, um, it's, it's a play for like five parts. So it's a very small production. So they greatly expanded it, uh, which I, to me worked very, very well, but still maintained, I think some of the integrity of, a, a the, the theater of, I could imagine where, where our main sets were, the characters, all that. And it just, there was so much that was smart writing, strong character pieces for this. It, it, for me, it's a character drama. Those are the movies that I love. Uh, it's something I definitely recommend. Uh, when I watched the trailer for this with my wife, she said, oh my gosh, this looks really, really intense. I think, you know, JJ, you can get into, into that in a bit. Oh, so yeah. it, 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 is, it is an intense ride, but it is one that I felt is really thought-provoking. It's one that I, you know as we're going to do here, you watch it, you sit down with some friends and you can really sort of interrogate the film of what is it trying to say? How did you respond to this? What does that mean for you? So I think that's, you know, how I'm going to, how we can get into talking about this, but, you know, overall, you know, as you're rating this movie, uh, you know, having to put yourself in a box and say, okay, stars, rankings, ratings, or whatever, how did this one play out for you guys? It was really high for me um, on Flickchart. It was forty six out of two forty eight, and that you know that group is all movies that I've seen. Any any movie that's been on the next reel that I've seen is that is in that two forty eight for me, which puts it at eighty one percent. You know, Flickchart's uh, algorithm said it should be four stars for me, but for me it was four and a half stars. It was it the 
the way the film paid off for me uh, was 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 really unexpected, and 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 I was really happy with some of the really big scenes at the end of the movie. I was really happy with, and we'll get into talking about that when we get more into the details and stuff. Ocean, I want to hear your rating. But did you had you seen it before prepping for this? When Steve was telling the story about you guys talking about it, did you see it in the theater or before prepping for the for the show? Did you, had you seen it earlier? I did see it earlier. I was not, but yes, before prepping for the show, I have seen it. Yeah. Um, I saw it because. Um, it was about six months or so ago. Steve uh-huh. sent out that list of all these movies, uh, you know, <laughs> okay. to check out for Trailer Rewind. And so nice. I went, we went through that. I basically looked at all the trailers with with my wife because we were, you know, this is the in the we're in the middle of the dark days of COVID, so we're exactly. looking for anything to watch, right? right? So, so I said, hey, there's this list of all these movies that I haven't I haven't heard of most of them. So we watched all the trailers, nice. and then uh, then actually started watching a lot a lot of the movies from the set. You know, of the ones that we thought the trailers were interesting, we started watching those. Uh, cool. Loose jumped out I- immediately. Um, and so, uh, so we watched that one as one of the first ones that we watched was, uh, so it was kind of so, pre prep yeah, so prep. It was, it was. So <laughs> watching this again, um, this was actually, um, to prep again for the show, I watched it again. Nice. And so, um, that was actually on my second time, which, um, does I think affect my rating where, um, okay. so for example, I had it at, uh, 76 out of uh, 409 for my flick chart, uh, which according to flick chart says it should be about four stars, but, um, Actually, now that I've seen it again, I realized that that's too low from a star rating standpoint. Oh, okay. Really, for me, it really kind of is a five star movie in that. Nice. Um, I enjoyed it on rewatch, and um, I I like I I tend to be I have the personality type where I look at a lot of movies and I'm trying to fix them, right? You know, or I'm like, sure. hey, this is where it should have been better. You could have done this and been different and everything. And there's nothing in this movie that I think is like something I wanted to fix. Right. There are things in the movie that, you know, I may or may not agree with the decision the characters made, but no point where I'm like, well, that was stupid. Why did they do that? They should have done it this way. It would have been better. Right. right. You know, so yeah. So, I th- so for me, it's really higher than um, from a star rating perspective. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, I really enjoyed the movie. It, 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 it was enjoyable again. I actually saw things in the second viewing that I did not see in the first. Um, cool. So, yeah, so it causes me to recommend it even more highly to my uh, friends. However, the problem I have in recommending it to a lot of my friends is how to talk about it without wrecking it. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Now you that's, always have to say, do you want spoilers or do you not want spoilers? Exactly. exactly. Right. I, and that's what I don't want to spend too much time. I mean, I realize we haven't really mentioned anything about it other than it's this intense character <laughs> drama. So, I mean, I, we should probably talk about a little bit. I mean, I will say for, for my rating first, I ranked it a, a couple times because it kept bouncing into weird places and it hit these weird films where I'm like, it's one of those, you know, flick chart hate crimes where I'm like, oh, these are such different films. And so it ended up at 271 out of 704, which is 62% because I just couldn't get it above Fury, which is a movie I haven't seen yeah. in a long time, but I have such strong feelings and emotions about that movie. Uh, and it just couldn't get above that. But I, I have this at four stars and I'll be curious to see if after discussing if if it nudges higher because again, I feel there's there's so much to talk about uh, in this in this film. I mean, over on Letterboxd, it has a, an average review of 3.48 on a scale of 5, uh, based on 14,600 views. But what's very interesting is those ratings range from 5 stars down to half a star. There are people that just half are angry, angry yes. about this movie, which I can see because, as, you know, as we said, it, it asks questions. It, there's some challenging topics. I mean, this is a story about... Uh, about parenting, the, the challenges of being a parent of a high school student. There's issues of, of 
what it means to be a person of color in America, expectations. There's there's so much that's bound up in that, uh, of the pressures of being a student and the expectations of of being a high-performing student and athlete and everyone's expectations of you, the pressures of that. Uh, I I don't know if other, other themes that you guys would want to sort of put out there in general to let people know what type of film this is before we dig into specifics to help them understand what this film is about. Well, I think, I mean, so much of the drama of the film is based on the, uh, is based on the rules surrounding, um, what you need to report and the power dynamic of, uh, the school environment. Oh, so like the, a lot of the, a lot of the drama is, is, is created by what, teachers are required to talk about and what they're not and what their uh what their i want to say responsibility is to students whether and 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 how that dynamic plays out in the choices they make in enforcing the rules that i mean that it, that's a it, it just it, it's such a dynamic story in that aspect that if you care at all about that kind of stuff what's going on in in high schools and mm-hmm. how how teachers make decisions, especially in today's world, with what they're going to do about rules and how how race and gender and everything comes into play with that. It's a uh, th- there's a lot to be to be talked about with this film. So I think I think that's meant needs to be said as well. Ocean, I think thematically, you guys actually addressed uh, most of the themes that I I thought of as well. And then the, the uh, and JJ, your your version of of uh, what I was thinking of is the student teacher relationship. Yeah, yeah, I think your your character your characterization of that was uh, far better than what I was going to say. So <laughs> okay, so I'll just yeah, you know, we'll just let that let that be where it is. And so, um, nice. but I think that um, what I find as far as ways to de- discuss this or recommend this to people without actually spoiling things is more of a where I just tell you that you know Luce is a is is a promising young man who is a. Um, he's promising in track and in academics, and he's very he's a very smart kid. And he has he gets into a um, a contentious relationship with a teacher, who believes that he is not the good person that everybody thinks he is, but he is a nefarious individual. And so um, the the movie goes from there. And so I just I just usually stop right there and say, and that's where you are. Well, you know, we we have to stop right there now, but I already <laughs> want to challenge you on some of the assumptions that you're making in that. So wh- when we <laughs> jump to the next portion, I want oh, to absolutely get into yes. it. Yes, love it. Okay. (laughs) All right. So listeners, if you think this is your kind of film and don't want anything spoiled, this is your chance to pause the podcast and go check out Loose on Hulu. All right. Have at it, gents. So that first thing, the (laughs) the thing that I want to talk about, like that, so uh, Octavia Spencer uh, is so great in this movie. Yes, as Um, Miss Wilson. As yes. Miss as Harriet Wilson, and yes. she's dealing with so much. Like I'm, I, I, yes. I'm getting, I'm like the hair on my arms is standing up when I yeah. talk about like everything she has to, all the burdens she has to carry in this movie. Like I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. But um, the thing that you said in, when you were making the summary of the film, like that's how I do it too. But that key thing, like that first step that she takes, and since we're jumping into spoilers, I'm gonna start away, right away. Oh, absolutely, let's do it. She actually doesn't think he's nefarious at first. She tries to protect him first. She wants to say. She gives the stuff to his mom to say, if this gets into anyone else's hands, they're going to put him down. And then it goes all sideways on her because the whole plot is built on lies and miscommunications of like everybody thinks Harriet's out to get people when really all she wanted to do was help this guy. And that's so hard for me 
to to swallow because she's dealing with so much stuff. But then, of course, you know, Luce's mom, Amy, I, she doesn't, she's trying to protect, like, everybody's trying so hard to protect him that nobody's just talking to the guy. Like, she hides yeah. the stuff away, and so then he finds it, and so now he thinks everybody's out to get him, and it just causes all this drama. I mean, it's like a, and, and I don't mean this in a judgment, it's like a bad sitcom when you're like, everybody just sit down and have a conversation, <laughs> and then nobody's going to hate each other anymore. But, of course, you can't do that because of all these things. So, like, and I mean, I'm not challenging what you're saying too much, but, like, that thing, like, everybody's trying so hard to be good to each other that they end up treating everyone like crap. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> While I agree with most of that, I think yeah. that um, the other the other part of it is which jumping ahead more into spoilers is sure. Um, ju- I guess jumping ahead into a-, a lot of that to me pivots on what you think Luce's true motivations are, and yeah. when did he start acting? Like, wh- and what I mean by acting Ooh. is when did he start putting the things that he wanted to go in motion in motion? Hmm. So. Yes. What is what is your opinion about that? Because I, I totally want to hear what you have to say. Because that's oh, I have oh, I have opinions on it too. Before the opening credits. Yeah. Yes. Yes. yeah. <laughs> like in therapy as an eight year old, right? Like that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Before the yeah. But before all this started, no. He I think his his action started uh, when the conversation, which this we're jumping into the end. So I think it, I think it started during the conversation where uh, Miss Wilson brought he and a group of students aside for a different infraction, mm-hmm. and that's when he that's when it, the kernel of his actions started and and things moved forward here. Initially, though, I agree that um, I think that two things are actually uh, true in that. In that, initially, I agree that Miss Wilson is going to the mother instead of to the principal about this thing because yes they're illegal fireworks yes it could cause a problem but it's not the biggest deal in the world it's not you know you know it's it, it's a it's a gray kind of illegal you know where right, it's, you know right. it's, it's, it's you know cuz it's that illegal where it's like we can all go to go to a right. reservation and get them right you know exactly. so it's it's a gray illegal <laughs> and so um you know and she's going to the mother to talk to her to say hey if you had this paper, knew his back, you know, had his background and everything and all this, you could you could see like if you don't know him, you would then uh, come across, you know, you could you could think that he is trying to, you know, start a fire or a bomb or whatever in the school, right? And b- by going to his mother, he's like, she's like, hey, I would rather you guys just kind of handle this at home. You guys kind of mm-hmm. deal with it on your own. No one has to get involved. There's nothing's on his record. Everything is great and all that's fine, right? Right. But. At the same time, right, I think the other end of that, which is be Luce's perspective of that, which is, hey, A, you know, even though you have this information, you do know me, right? So then right. Why, do you, why do you think that of me? And then B, that's a lot of information for a random person to have, right? If they have just the illegal <laughs> fireworks, that's one thing. But why do they have a paper? Why do they know his biography? Like, why would, you know, a lot of people wouldn't know all of these things, True. you know, to, to, be, to be put together. And so I think that, yes, she is... Her heart is, I, we would all say, is in the right place, but it's also really proving Luce's point of mm-hmm. it's a double standard that she has an image of him that he is better and he is going to be able to succeed. So therefore, I will skirt the rules to help him do so, whereas there's the other boy, Deshaun, I don't think he's going to make it. So no, therefore, no. therefore, I'm going to drop the hammer on him. That's right what off. she did. Exactly. 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 And now, I mean, we're, we're totally jumping all over the place, but that oh, last speech when, when Luce and Miss, Miss Wilson are confronting each other and he yeah. straight up says, it's not your choice. And she says, you're right. It's yours. 
Yes. And yeah. then she puts it on him that he's doing the same thing that that he thinks she's doing to them. Like right. that that whole the speeches at the end of this movie are so darn good. I can't even yeah. tell you. Yeah. Like everything that I was scared of happening didn't happen. And the speeches are like this is where Steve, you were talking about like playwriting. Like this yeah. was a if this was from a play, this was a really well-written play because that speech and the speech with Amy and Luce where they are reconciling in the in the dining room, mm-hmm. you know, their suspicion yeah. and all this stuff about yeah. – they're just so well-written and they're, and they're so perfect about the human condition that I – I mean, I, I was so happy and it, and it moved me to exactly what you're talking about, Ocean. This thing, like, no one should get to choose. Like, there should be right and wrong, but it's not that easy in the world. Like, they, everybody's dealing with this stuff and everybody's doing what they can to just protect their people. And it's scary what can happen because of it. That's what the problem – that's the psychological thriller here. Right, like yeah. all the stuff that goes down because of all these people, like being defensive, like it, yeah, it's terrifying. It, it is. So w- when I finished this and I was starting to prep, I went back to the very beginning because our opening shot is our little MacGuffin or thing that starts the whole thing. Is we we've got a yeah. camera slowly pushing in on a, a locker in the school hallways. The locker opens, and we see a book being taken out, and we see the bag being placed in. And it's right. done. It's framed away. You never see the hands because I, I yeah, thought I that, that yeah. you know. Because later on, it's like it's a question of, of who did it. Because Luce, you know, says, "Well, I share my locker." So we have no idea. And and to me, this gets into the one of the things that that works really well in this is sort of Luce is the unreliable narrator of this because of what he's how is he playing everybody? And so I I look at that opening shot and it's, did he put the fireworks in there? Because, you know, is his story about the 4th of July a fabrication because the fireworks were found and it was one of the guys he shares his locker with, which we get that information, you know, right early on of like, Hey dude, where's my trig textbook? And he's like, you know, you know, use your own locker. So we get all of that. And it's a little bit of that sort of walk and talk exposition where we get a little bit of that, but it, it kicks right into everything. I, I never thought just one bag in a kid's locker could just, you know, create enough tension and dynamics for a whole story because we get the issue with the parents of trust. And there's that, for me, there's that whole sort of subplot between his parents and their relationship because he's, he's previously married his ex. We find out they're having a baby shower. So we've got the tension between them of not being able to have their own kids and adopting loose and what his actions do to that relationship. It's got his, his relationship with his teacher and her sort of power plays. There's so much that pivots around just this fi- discovery of the fireworks, which as, as a former you know teacher, I thought, I don't know of any teachers that ever would have just got, I mean, it can happen. You're best friends with the custodian. You can get into a kid's locker, but you're, you know, you're stepping out of bounds there when it comes to student privacy with that and not, not having conversations. But I think it, it's justified in what we get in terms of her motives of he's somebody that she feels that she needs to protect. And for me, the, the, the big, one of my favorite scenes early on is the, the debate prep where oh, he's got these questions, scene. right? Because that's where I started wondering who's playing whom and what's going on because he knows he's found the fireworks that have been given to his mother. He's found them in the cupboard. So he knows. 
something's going on. And so he uses this debate prep as this opportunity to sort of interrogate Harriet about student privacy, which for me was, again, just one of these really well-written things. But I started questioning, how much does he know and and how long is the game? And that, so, Ocean, you, you tie it back to what happened before, which is the whole Deshaun uh moment, right? Of Harriet going after Deshaun, destroying him, you know, getting him kicked off the team. And so you think everything here is sort of pre-planned or it's part of Luce's greater retaliation against Harriet? Yes, if we're jumping into it, absolutely. I think sure. Wow. Yeah. That's he, awesome. Uh, yeah. No, I I think that if we're jumping into it, then we, yeah, he started from the beginning a plan to effectively ruin her life. Okay. And, uh, I think wow. that I think that the plan started because she effectively ruined Deshaun's life in a way that is is I would argue nefarious, right? Because you know even if you have a sus- you know, suspicion of a feelings or of you know that a kid's doing something wrong or whatever, like you know he smells like weed, that doesn't mean you get to go and search his locker, right? And the other part of it, the other the other part of that which is unspoken is because they do all share lockers. It may or may not have been Deshaun's weed. Now, clearly, they all smoke weed, but that right. may, he may or may not have been the one that put it in there, right? You know, right. and so I think that you know that even with so they were taking advantage of the fact that this teacher be, uh, goes into a behavior pattern that then creates ramifications that would not have existed otherwise. Because even in this whole movie, if you stop and think about it, if she hadn't searched his locker, almost none of this happens. Right, 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 and and that's and and in, in that way, she had effectively commits the original sin, right? Yeah. The the searching of Deshaun's locker, which you know gets him all the ramifications of his life, all of which would have would have none of which would have happened had she not have done this an arguably illegal act, right? By, right. by doing that, right? You know, because it's one thing to say to bring him to the principal's office, have a discussion, a conversation, whatever, and say, hey, we are going to now do this thing and announce it. Like, I mean, even the police had to have a search warrant. Like, they got to give you to, to search through your stuff, right? So, but to say that they can just up and do it on their own, well, okay, that created then, you've now ruined Deshaun's life. Because he, school, he... School and work environments are not subject to the same laws. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, if you have a locker at work, don't keep illegal stuff in it because they can <laughs> yeah. search it at any time. Right. Got it. Yes. And that's, that's the thing. It's totally yeah. sketchy. Yeah. Which, okay. If that's, and if that, that being the case, I, I, I get that. I guess, then I guess that does poke the whole argument of whether or not it was legal or not. I mean, obviously, then she does have that legality. There is the questions of it from the uh, debate prep. But... At the same time, by doing that and, and doing that, so it does, it, it did totally, you know, destroy Deshaun's life, especially because she did it. Totally. And then, and then brought it up to the principal and all that. She could have right. done the same thing. She could have grabbed Deshaun's yep. parents and said, hey, right. this is a thing. I think he's a good kid. Maybe you know, help him out or whatever and, you know, do that. He, she could have done the exact same actions, but right. she chose to do one set of actions with Deshaun, a different set of actions with Luce. Now, part of it, of course, is Deshaun has some culpability here because you were the dummy that put weed in your locker. Exactly. Right, you know, like you know, or it's your locker. You let somebody your, put weed in your locker. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You let somebody put weed in your locker. So that's <laughs> right. that's 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 your problem there, and then that's where you messed up. But uh, but I think that so getting back to the original question, I think that the plans and everything were putting forth because they they knew that she would, they knew and or suspected that she would do that. Luce yep. took advantage of the knowledge of his own biography because let's face it, if if he had been 
I don't remember the name of the nameless girl that was in the front row talking about that the Confederate flag was fine, right? Oh. Had it been her that wrote, <laughs> I don't wrote the her paper? Either. Yeah, I don't remember her name. I mean, yeah. They may not have even said her name. But, no, um, you know, so. but wait, so if she had written that same paper, nothing right. would have happened, right. right? He was taking advantage of Could be, she yeah. knows where he was adopted from. Right. So by making this paper, it's going to cause a, create, create a reaction from her. Right. So he so he's basically antagonizing her. He's poking at her. So that's, he that, knows what she does. He, he saw right, what she exactly. did with the whole so Deshaun he, situation. He's, he's, he's going he's he's to write an essay basically saying, you know, violence is, is, is justified, right. knowing that it's going to get her riled up because it's outside his, his sort of the persona he's built at school, right, of who he is, all of yep. that. And so he's going to step out of that and see what her reaction is, which is shepherd him back in safely versus Deshaun, which is push him further out. So when she reacts that way, he sees, he sees the, you know, double standard there. And then that basically he launches forth with his, with his campaign. And that's, that's the bulk of the story is all the, all the sort of complex interweavings with that. One of the complications that I, on one viewing through it was having trouble tracking and maybe Ocean on a second viewing, this is maybe more apparent or it's clear. I don't know. The Stephanie, the, what I call the mystery of Stephanie Kim, because we get her story, we get we get bits and pieces, but for me, I'm trying to figure out if Luce is playing the same game with his parents because he says, oh no, we're, we're broken up at all of this. We get that whole story. But there's there's bits and pieces all about Stephanie throughout that I'm not sure I know exactly what has happened. If Stephanie's telling the truth and when she sits down with was Amy Luce's mom and, and tells a story that I don't know now if it's true or not. How do you see that playing into this? So yeah. that's a really interesting point. I think, you know, to to go down the whole road with Luce, I think Luce is like a a, a brilliant mastermind. And, and, and the reason why I would say this in relation to the Stephanie Kim argument is because she, he, she's a pawn in his game. I mean, he, she does what he says, and then they're still having sex. Amy catches them having sex later on. And there's a scene and, early on. Which is a little too long. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Totally creepy. Watch is a little too creepy long. Stalker. Come on, mom. <laughs> yeah, do something yeah, if you're going to do yeah, something. Yeah, well, you got no. the idea right away. You ain't got to linger that long. You know? <laughs> so you're right. Uh, but uh, but there's an early scene in the film where you have um, Luce and Corey, I think his name is Corey, and Orlicky walk mm-hmm. in the halls. And Corey is talking about uh, Stephanie Kim and how he wants to get with Stephanie Kim. Mm-hmm. And they see her in the hallway, and they Corey tries to you know do some of this stuff, but they just pass, and you see that Stephanie Kim is looking at Luce the whole time, mm-hmm. and then walking yeah. away. But he's not giving her like he's not yeah. acknowledging her at all. So that scene in particular, with then you get what happens later on when you find out that they were dating, and he didn't tell their parents that they were dating, and clearly he hasn't told his friends that they were dating, and he's literally having sex with her in an abandoned shack in a forest in the middle of Virginia somewhere. Like, uh, she is a, a uh, this is the whole story about the mystery of Stephanie Kim is that to me, she is a pawn in his game and being used to do all these different things. But you could interpret a lot of this differently. And I, and I, and I, and I will open the, the floor for that. But for me, if you, if you believe what Luce is doing and you believe that Luce is in control of everything, which I think, I mean, I, I bought it. Um, 
I think he's using everyone to get what he wants, which was, as Ocean said, to ruin Harriet Wilson's life. Yeah, I, I think that when it comes to Stephanie Kim, two things, I, I, these are two things I, I full on believe. One is that the story that she tells the mom 100% happened, right? Okay. Oh, I believe that not, too. I believe yeah, that. I'm just not buying that they're going to then, you're going to paint this character as it's a high school student that could act that well okay, about right. that yeah. story, right? That, sure. that, okay. that 100% happened. And then the rest of it, I think, is all kind of a point of perspective, right? Stephanie thinks she and Luce are dating. But just because mm-hmm. you're sleeping with someone in high school does not mean you're dating. Right. right. So yeah, she he so, doesn't but. he doesn't necessarily think that they're dating. Right. right. They just kind of get together, they kinda, you know, hang out, do whatever. In the shack. And, you know, the, they the, get together it, in right? the shack. So yeah. exactly. They get together in the shack and that's all good and all you know, that's all good and everything. And he's he is, you know, nice to her. He is not going to be one of the guys that passes her around for the Santa Claus game or whatever other horrible oh. thing there is with that, right? So creepy. But at the same time, this isn't his girlfriend. He doesn't love her, right? He's not like, you know, right. bringing him home to mom and everything because, you know, mom had no idea that they were anything, right? right? You know, and so I think that the friends know that she has an interest in Luce and they don't necessarily get in the way of that as is demonstrated by the video later later on, but that video was staged, so it is what it is, exactly. right? And so, but I think that's kind of what it is. It's more of a, that story happened, and she thinks their relationship is one thing. Luce thinks it's another thing, and Luce isn't, you know, clearing, you know, clearing the air, you know, making it obvious what that this is not a relationship because let's face it, he's getting the benefits of a relationship without having to really deal with anything. That's true. Okay. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's the pawn part, though. Too the key thing is that she did report the sexual assault, and then fully knowing that. Miss Wilson had to was a mandatory report to the principal on it, and that she wouldn't identify her. So that then, when the big meeting happens with the teacher, the principal, and the parents, and Luce, and Stephanie can leave, it paints Wilson to be a liar because yes. they want to paint Wilson as having a vendetta against Luce, and so they use that sort of whole that that legal structure within the school because mm-hmm. Luce knows that that's what she'll do and that's what has to be done to that's why Stephanie goes to Miss Wilson and d- does that whole thing cuz I don't I agree with you I think the first story that she tells to Amy I think did happen but I don't think Luce raped her I think that was a complete yeah. lie that he no. mocked up that they mocked right. up to take Wilson yes. down right Yes. No, I think so. Because he, right. you know, early on, he talks about, he talks with his mother about S- Stephanie, you know, that something happened and he, and that Harriet's always pressuring her, using her as an example of women need to stand up for this. And that basically it's, it's another piece of, you know, Wilson using students to hold them accountable or set, set standards for them. And so, yes, of course, Luce will be able to quickly pull her into his, his web of deceit there to, you know, get her a line of like, Look what she did to you. Look what she did to Deshaun. Let's get back at her. That's another theme that we didn't talk about. Remember when we were talking about themes with this? Yeah. Is the concept of using people as political symbols. Oh, right? okay. Wilson yeah. does it with Stephanie Kim. Wilson mm-hmm. does it with Luce. Amy does it when she tries to identify with Stephanie Kim. And then this yes. is a whole thing about Luce's thing is like, I'm not, I'm just me. I'm not a symbol. Like right. stop doing, stop putting me here. And this whole, I mean, there's a lot of that of like what you are labeled and who mm-hmm. you are. And when they don't reconcile, who are you together? I mean, I want to talk about Luce's speech 
you know, the big speech that he gives and that he practices. And when he practices, he breaks down mm-hmm. talking about my mom couldn't pronounce my name. My dad right. suggested we change it. And like, and then he breaks down when he's practicing. And then when he gives the speech at the end, he's like fully like big smile, like doing it for the crowd, this whole thing like that. Those two contrasting scenes were very powerful for me too. Yeah, that was the the big speech because this is this is how well the story is is structured so that we see him practicing that speech. By the time we get to the scene with Amy where, you know, he's got the fish and let's try again and all of that and then I'm like, "Oh my gosh, he's got to give his speech and this this speech has to carry so much weight." Because I thought I'm starting to think, is he going to say something different? Is he going to do this? So then when we get to that speech, then and he is all calm and composed, I thought, "Okay, it's not so much about the words in the speech, it's him being able to be this public persona of this, of hiding the emotions, or I'm going to be what everybody, I'm going to show them what they want to see, which is the calm and composed, and I, I can do this. And and so for me, that was where I realized this film is, is so smart in how it does things, because I thought, oh my gosh, there's only like this many minutes left, and the amount of emotional lifting that a speech would have to do and getting all the words right and all of that, I thought, no. Once they got, th- I thought this is not that type of movie. It's not a like Mr. Holland's opus where there's going to be a tear jerking speech at the end because it's not about that. It's about him. And then to contrast that with the final scene where he's out running, mm-hmm. there's there's so much. I mean, it's open to interpretation of of what it, what are the emotions that he's feeling at that point. Hmm. You could say I, lots of different things. Yeah, he's probably feeling like very. Yeah, at that point, he's probably feeling uh, 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 yes, a lot of different things because <laughs> I think that part of what the speech demonstrates, since we're uh, about that as topic, is that he may not like being in the box or being the pigeonhole in the way that they're doing, they're, the way that's happening with them. But he is that kid, yeah. right? You, you know, yeah. he they, what what they're saying is, hey, you have the ability to be great, right? You can be a world leader. You could be right. great because that's kind of how a world leader is, right? You have so what all does this Sean say? Everything Every- going on in your life. They we turn, always need one Obama. On you. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. They turn the lights on you. And yeah. You're cool, calm, composed. You never think anything's wrong. I'm giving you a little speech about the history that I've had with my parents. Here's a nice, sweet story. Even right. though there's all this turmoil that's going on in my life. You know, and, right. these, yep. and these same parents, my dad's not really talking to me and my mom and I are trying to reconcile, right? right. But you mm. wouldn't know that from, from that speech. And so I think that, it, it, you know, part of the, the multitude of emotions. One, he may have some regret over what he did to Miss Wilson because he may realize that through that that last conversation that you know what he's she's not all wrong and he's not all right, right? right? Like you know, there there are aspects of where they're both right and there are aspects where they're both wrong, right? And and maybe yeah. then he's now starting to come into realizing that that hey, maybe it wasn't. A hundred, the hundred percent justifiable thing that I thought it was, you know, or you know, maybe he's sad that you know that he thinks that he won't be able to reconcile his relationship with his parents. I don't know, but you know, there's a lot there. But I think that to me, the biggest points were he, as much as he wants to be just a normal kid, right? He he's not right, and I and I think that maybe near the end he's starting to realize, you know, what I'm just I'm not that kid because a normal kid can't do couldn't give that speech, couldn't react this way. The normal kid doesn't do the things I've done to get to this point. That, you yeah. know, and so he has to kind of own that. Yeah, he's he is what they're saying he is. Yeah, I think he does. I think that speech surely shows that. And what I would take from the running, I, I think everybody can have their own interpretation, right? right? But what I, what I took from the running was it was him 
because he he starts at a pace and then he starts to sprint right and he's sprinting yeah. and you see him start agonizing as he's sprinting and i feel like it's him keeping out in front of everything behind him including his life and all of the different things he weaves in this story is that he's always out ahead of it and that's what the story wow. really leaves you to <laughs> is that like yeah like he's just he's moving on at a pace but then he will sprint to stay in front of everything that he's leaving behind it, i thought it was it was really excellent i was wow. really really happy with it that's a great metaphor it, no, it is. So I wanted I want to talk about. There, I mean, there's, we talked about the cast and all the familiar faces, and so I yeah, sort yeah. of wanted to just touch on, you know, all all of this. So we've we've got um, Tim Tim Roth and Naomi Watts, who are two actors that it seems like twenty years ago or fifteen years ago were like all over the place, and I I honestly can't think of anything recently that they've been in that I was like, oh yeah, that was a, a big thing. But for me, it was like it was like a trip back in time to see them. Like I don't know if it's just giving them the right script, all that. I'm like, I love seeing this Naomi Watts. I love seeing this Tim Roth. Maybe it's the fact that they always have a glass of wine in their hand. You know, it's it's always wine o'clock <laughs> in that household. But to me, it just speaks to the there's this this tension in that relationship that for me they were able to to bring off so well in this of that that couple i'm a massive tim roth fan i yeah. love but he slipped up his his accent was dropping a few times which is really frustrating <laughs> well yes because yeah. sometimes he was trying to do this code of like eastern thing and i know yeah. that in virginia but like and then like i could hear like this little like english irish thing like popping in sometimes <laughs> and maybe it's because he was acting drunk i'm not sure but like it was too bad because his character goes through a lot of like evolutions in this role yes. um, and in, and he was a perfect person to play that part in fairness they never say where his character's from that's true that's, I, that's yeah. true yeah. he could be so from anywhere they, they, clearly they lived in Africa for a period of time so he could yes. have been from England or something yes. at the time and then he came and they yeah. lived in Virginia for the last 10 years so they you know I think that's perfect let's yeah. do that yeah. so I that, love I, it I use, I use that to forgive the accent because <laughs> I, I heard the same thing nice. I think that um, in, in aspects too of things that uh since we're talking about them as uh, those two characters, two actors, part of what I think the overarching story of them is is a thing that I you know. So when I'm saying when I'm saying I identify with many things about this about this movie, uh, one of the things that I say regularly to my kids is about you know you know you know take, you're going to take take care of your mother, keep your mother close because your mother is the only person that has your back a hundred percent. Me, I like I go me, ninety five. <laughs> right, you know, so, you know, but your mom, she's got your back 100 yeah. percent of the time, right? Yeah. You know, and so, and I think that you, you look at even how they did this as parenting, right? That's kind of really what happened there. Yes, right. Yes, the, the, his his father, interestingly enough, was the only person in the movie that started to treat him the way he actually wanted to be treated. Right. right? Yeah. You know, he was trying to talk to him straight up. He was like, no, I can't believe you're buying this, this stuff about the locker and everything. Yeah. That's, that sounds like bullshit. And then, you know, she was just, he was really kind of being straight with them about it. And he was kind right. of saying halfway through, like, look, um, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that you're all the way telling me the truth. I think there's something wrong here. What's going on? This is not quite right. You, you know, and he was kind of coming at him. And then his mom, who has his back 100% of the time, was like, no, back off. I'll handle it and I'll deal with it. Right. You know, and, yep. and that, and I, and to me, that is, so anyway, that's part of what I identified with a lot because I could see that where there is, 
you know, for your dad, especially your dad of a son, you, got, you, you know, after a while you look at him like, hey, I, I know what kind of low down, low down, dirty stuff you were doing at 14. <laughs> I was 14. I know I was up to no good. So I know you're up to no good. Yeah. Right, you know, I, you know so this like your mom. so this movie was a window into your marriage, Ocean. Is what you're saying? <laughs> well, exactly. Well, your mom, but the mom is like, no, I, he, I'm with them 100 percent of the time, no matter right. what. Right, and so I, I think that um, uh, they did a really good job of not only portraying that difference, but and how, also how subtle that difference is. Because it wasn't like the yeah. dad was like totally writ, wrote him off. Because no, at right. the end, when it was like, are you accusing my son of a crime? Well, now he's right back online. Yeah, back, you know, yep. he's back on, on. Right, you know, he's like, look, if if someone is going to punish or deal with my son, I'll do it. That yep. doesn't mean you get to do it. That doesn't mean yes. I'm writing him off just because I disagree with this individual thing, right? You know, and yeah. so I think that they they really did a good job in not only the acting and the writing of that of, of that little those little subtle differences of of yes. where the approval or disapproval lied uh, that they had with Luce. Yeah, yes. I agree. I love yes. it. So the the other family dynamic we have is Harriet Wilson and her sister. Um. Yeah. Right. Which, which for me, I think, I, you know, no, it, it is, it is, it was really tough. And I thought, okay, we're getting a lot. I mean, it's, we, we get the bits and pieces, you know, so what is going on with, you know, Harriet and, you know, Rosemary and all that until it, it blows up into that, you know, blow, meltdown there at the school. But I mean, that's another, which I think, with, which I think Luke, Luke caused by the way. Uh, but you know, I think he, especially with the scene from the grocery, grocery store, store where he's saying you should come to the school, <laughs> I, you know, and Luce did the research, knew about Rosemary. I, but anyway, I, uh, so for those of us like talk about a window into my, into my life, for those of us with caretaker trauma in, in our past, that is a really tough thing to watch. I mean, yes. just she's trying to do, she's trying to have her own life and she's trying to take care of her sister too. And I mean, her sister is troubled. Her sister has issues and it's, it affects Harriet's life too. And so for that to come out and have that just dis, I mean, displayed is the wrong word for that to play out in front of her job right? in a way that, uh, I mean, it, it was, it destroyed her, you know, and she still tried to hang on to what she could, but that, and that, so jumping ahead here a little bit in in terms of the technical, technical aspects of this film, that shot, when we are approached with Rosemary in the sort of front area of the school, Mm -hmm. taking her clothes off and screaming and freaking out, they have this continuous wonder that's going around the scene and around the scene. And then when the police take her away and tase her naked, and then you have all of the students like, the one student getting knocked down by, by Rosemary as she's trying to flee. And then the principal finally, like the whole time I'm going, principal, do something here. Yeah. Telling everyone to go away. And you're left, they're still coming around, still tracking around in this one with, you're just left with Octavia Spencer, with Harriet Wilson in the center and the shot of Luce standing there as everyone's left. And it comes and then it ends with Luce walking away. I mean, it, that shot was brilliant. And that, you're not going to get that in the play. So that's the yeah. film showing up and showing you how you can show that super powerful scene in a really powerful way through film. I loved that. And I love the dynamic. I mean, with that was, that was 
for me, the emotional climax, the tragic emotional climax yeah. of the film. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't give, <clears throat> I give Goose credit for planting the seed of the idea. Um, being a minor, I didn't. Oh, you think don't think he, he did? Her, I don't think he could get. Well, I didn't oh. think he could get her out of the institution because now they they give you enough seed of doubt because he shows up late to class that day, sits right. down, and then the sister's there. So I'm maybe you, he went and that, talked to the sister to try to plant the seed of it, whatever. But, it, but you know, but I it think was, he's a mastermind. Okay, I think he's you a know genius. What? I, I, I can't I can't really argue with you 100 percent because that was the moment like on the first viewing that right. was the moment where I was like oh no he's doing this yeah yeah because and it was because of that you know and the way you described that that wonder shot right so when it, the right. spin around the whole scene happens the whole time I mean you're obviously focused on the the really the tragedy of what was what Rosemary yeah. is going through there because you really do and and that's I mean oh look I'll give her great this is a great piece of acting I, I you really do feel for her. Oh, yeah. you, you know, and, and you feel for, uh, you know, Octavia Spencer, Miss Wilson as well, because you're like, you, you feel for her in that she's, she is doing an amazing job of portraying that she is hurting. And right. then you're feeling for Miss Wilson because you're like, there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't nothing. fix yeah. this. Yeah. You want to fix this. If you could wave a wand or do a thing to fix it, you would, but you just can't fix it. And it then becomes like a thing of what do you do? You know, you just, all, all I can do is just stand there and just, I mean, it's just, it's just, take, it's just hitting you. Right. right. So. Anyway, but the reason why I thought Luce then, this is where I first started suspecting him, was in that shot when it's over, and it's just Luce and Miss Wilson standing, and all the other kids left. So when the sister shows up, and she's you know screaming and yelling and acting up, and then she starts taking off her clothes and running around and everything like that, a bunch of high school kids are going to watch that. That's, right. that's, that's, that's going to be a show. Right. They're oh, just yes. going to watch it, right? right. And then they, the principal's saying, right, everybody leave, everybody leave, everybody go, and then they're all going. Now, Luce doesn't leave. Now, for Luce, he waits until Miss Wilson turns around, which then means for, for Luce, the sister wasn't the show. Miss right. Wilson was the show, right? And until she turned around, then the show wasn't over, and that's when he left, right? Because he wanted right. to see her, and that was the first time, when I saw it the first time, that was the first time I was like, oh, no, he's the cause of this in some fashion, because that's, cause that's his motivation, is, is how it affected Miss Wilson, not just the oddity of seeing the sister yeah okay yeah and it reminds me of the what's the big line that olena terrell says in uh in uh, game of thrones that tell what's the lannister lannister mom's name tell tell her it was me that killed (laughs) they killed her son yes (laughs) like that's what that scene was to me right like lou standing up and saying yeah it was me me. yeah now see ya you know yeah that's so So Cersei, tell Cersei. Cer- it was tell me. Cersei it was me. Uh, so here's the thing. So as we you talk about you know Rosemary and her you know there's nothing she can do. I mean it, you know Harriet, there's nothing that she can do to fix Rosemary. So is that part? Of, is that tragedy in her life part of why she's trying to control students Ooh. to prevent that? Is this her way of exerting control in her life? Of I can I can save some. Because as she says, for every every you know Deshaun, there's a loose that doesn't get get saved. And so is this her way yeah, of but, of trying to prevent and protect some of those that she sees as as light in the world to put them in that box and to, and put them in a safe place? Because there was nobody to do that for her sister. I, I don't know that you know you know that line that you mentioned too was one of the few lines that I didn't understand all the way because when she because I actually played it back multiple times because what she actually says is. For every Deshaun I don't knock down, there's right. a loose I can't, can't pull up. Pull up. Right. right. And so mm. by framing it doubly negative, it's almost like right. she's saying that there's all 
there's both good and bad out in the world that I can't do it and that I don't do anything right. about. So I need to balance the scales in my sphere of influence. I mean, that's the yeah. only thing I could get from that framing of it, in which case right. it does then imply that, yes, she feels that she needs to influence, you know, the, the students that she can. Right. And that, yeah. that, that, yes. And that, and that part of her job is to take up Deshaun and knock him down and to take right. him loose and build him up. It's weird. And, like, I hadn't thought of this before. You guys are bringing up such a good point. This concept, and this is maybe another theme, is like, what is the motivation of those in authority? And right. like, and why? And this, and this movie really hits at some interesting, uh, interesting origins for the motivations of these people in authority. And, and why would they do the things that they do? What would, what would possess her to, go into those two lockers and treat right. those two kids differently. And I think, I think you bring up a great point that maybe this is her version of control. Maybe this is how she wields her authority in life because she can't in her personal life. That's a, I hadn't even thought about that. That's really a powerful statement. So since the movie's titled loose and he's our main character and you know, I yeah. all throughout, I'm questioning, you know, how reliable a narrator is because there are so many things that I think intentionally are, are hidden from us. You know, as we've said, it's like, well, we can't know because, you know, did Luce instigate the Harriet thing? We, we don't know. We're given breadcrumbs. We're given bits and pieces. Do we really get to know who Luce is? Do we ever really see? Because we, we see so many of inter, interactions either with, with Miss Wilson or his parents. We have just, a, you know, that moment with Stephanie Kim. We have that, that one scene with, with uh, Orlicky where he's telling him, like, dude, you know, your, your dog can get in. To college, but you know, so don't don't screw it up for um uh for Licky, yeah, uh, for, for Corey. No, no, or Licky for, was the friend. Oh, for Corey. Right, right. Yeah, Corey, don't don't yeah. don't yeah, you know, don't don't ruin it for Corey. He's like, no matter what happens, you're you're getting into college. All that. I mean, those to me, those are the only moments that I can think few moments I can think of where he doesn't have his his audience, right? That's where he's gonna be his truest self is is those those moments, and there's not enough there for me to, to know for sure. Cause yeah, any video on a phone, you know, staged, you know, all of those things. So do we have a strong, cause this is a, one of my struggles as a parent of, you know, you know, adult children now, one's, you know, 20, one's 18 of at what point, cause I think of myself as growing up, at what point do you assert your own individuality and it becomes show for the parents of, I've got to be this, but here's who I truly am. So do you think we ever get a sense of who Luce really is? I, for me, no. I mean, for me, the the I, uh, and I think you could you could interpret it however you want to do it. But for me, he became Kaiser Soze to me. I mean, by the end, like he is like all of a sudden when you see it, you're like, oh, okay, you you controlled this whole thing, and you have great you have great power, and you're going to be able to wield it however you want to wield it. But I think you could I think you could argue. I think the Orlicky the Corey scene that you're describing. I think that seems really authentic. But I think the 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 story for my, my interpretation of the story is that Luce is in control to to his benefit or detriment, right? Especially when looking at the speech with with Miss Wilson in her when he <laughs> barges into her house, which had me terrified that something bad was going to happen. But um, it but it doesn't. So that's great. Um, uh. <laughs> I think he is in control. So I think he is a completely unreliable narrator. And especially after the scene where he's talking to Amy and he shows her what it's like to act surprised. Oh, that oh, sent a shiver yes. up my spine. Yes. I was like this. <laughs> so, right. yeah, spooky. So I, that's I, where I'm at with it. Okay. So on the, I am on the 180 degree opposite end of the spectrum. I love it. That's so I good. Think, I think he is a completely reliable narrator and you know exactly nice. who he is. Because when you look at everything he's doing, 
he's not lying at any point. He never really denies anything that anyone really straight out accuses him of. He, he says this is what happened. Like, even with the whole thing, even if you go with the whole thing with the fireworks, right? So with the fireworks and everything, talking to a teacher about the 4th of July, right? Now he just tells his parents part of it. Like, oh, yeah, I just told the 4th of July is my favorite holiday and I like the fireworks, right? You don't know that there's no reason to think that's a lie. Right? right, you know, like there's okay. there's nothing in it where he does something where you you catch him where he lied about either whatever someone accused him of or he even really even says a straight out lie. He he's he's dancing in the rain jobs, right? right? He is omitting some things here and there that could be crucial pieces of information that you might interpret differently. But at the same time, he's he's being honest with everyone about what what he was doing, even up to the staged video. The video was staged, obviously. Right. But it was able to then say, hey, no, at the time that this was happening to your house, I was here. here. Right. I was here with these people. Here I am on video doing the thing. Right. Um, you know, and so I, I don't I disagree that- with your point about lying. Yes. But the threats, the thing about the Fourth of July and doing the hand thing that he and did. That- and then yes. later on, when he sees her again, he doesn't say anything, but he does the hand thing again and walks away. That has me thinking. <laughs> Like, yes, you're right. He didn't lie. He was very mm-hmm. skillful in the way he told it. But he's creepy as all hell. <laughs> okay. Okay. Th- that wasn't the question. See, okay, you're right. Ka- you're Kaiser right. Sose, at the end of that movie, let's face it, the only thing you know for a fact is that Kaiser was in the room and they died on a boat. Other right. than that, there's right. nothing about that movie. You right. Can, <laughs> right? So I, I think That's he's fair. a reliable narrator in that you could – everything he says – that that he did or didn't do he did or didn't do now he may not tell all the truth of one one thing or another but he he isn't lying he is i feel that he's he's a reliable narrator i think that honestly that even with all of his all of what you have in terms of what he's done with his plan and what is thought out and how and how he thinks he's 100 percent right because he is avenging his friend and he's gonna take it out on the evil teacher Right when she was like, you know, getting back to that speech, no, it's not up to me, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. Like, what were you do? Like, how did you get all your errand boys to do all this while you were establishing alibis? When he cracks in that moment, it's like it's not the same. It's like I think he realized halfway through that sentence, no, it's the same. It's so good. Yeah. Right? It's, so yeah. good. it's so that good. That performance it, is yeah. so good. It, it is. It is great. Oh. And I think yeah. And so there's so there's that where he he's starting to realize other things. I don't I don't think he's a I don't think he's lying. I think we know who Luce is, and Luce is. A reliable you know. sociopath. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, yeah, I, I don't. Like, I don't think that. But like, yeah. he, he's yeah, creepy. Like, That's all I'm trying to say. He's creepy. Uh, okay. Yeah. No. I, okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, I, I will. I will. I will concede creepy. I'm not gonna. Argue, yeah. Nice. I won't argue creepy. But I think. Okay, I think good. he's telling the truth. Okay. Yeah, I think you're well, right. I mean, I, th- I think it speaks to just how well crafted the story is and the, the performances that there's, there's so many angles to, to approach this from and to, to take away different opinions on this that I think are, are fully justified in this. And it's one that I think coming back to, it's one that I'm looking forward to watching again. I don't know, you know, down the road, give it a little time to breathe because I think there is a lot to investigate in this uh, because it's in hiding things. It, it gives us the ability to really interrogate the film in terms of what does this mean rather than laying it all out for us and telling us this is who Luce is. It's very clear. And, and here's the good guy and here's the bad guy. We're in, in all sorts of gray territory here, which for me, this is what, you know, what makes it a great film to sit down and have a, a thoughtful discussion because it, it does pose a lot of questions and I think what everybody takes away from it might be a little different. So, so ocean, you know, I recall 
back, you know, before when you said you were interested in talking about this, you said you had some personal connections to, to this, to this story. I'd know if you wanted to, <laughs> to elaborate on, on what, what you see in this film that may be, you know, close to you. Well, I already, so I already said about the, the parenting angle. Yeah. Right? Okay. So right. Yeah. That and how yeah. that, how that does, okay. does work for me. Right. But the, so part of what really, uh, hit me which about halfway through I'm watching it with my oldest son and my wife and my oldest son and I watch him. my oldest son is 15 years old and in a lot of the characteristics that Luce has and that, those things like that's my kid right mm. so my kid is he's into track he's a really good runner he's actually pretty yeah. good at it um, he is that he is really you know he's very well spoken in 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 uh in public. He's interesting. And honestly, I think I saw this, they did it subtly with loose here and there, but you don't see it that that much, but because of my kid, I recognize it in that you put loose or my kid in front of a hundred people. He will talk as casually and as great and everything. It's all fine. You put him in a room one-on-one, he just kind of shells up. Right, oh. it's it's, it's mm-hmm. like he's shy and doesn't want to talk about yeah. anything like that. And even in the movie, when you look at loose, like when he's in front of groups, he's a hundred percent in charge and you know whatever. But whenever he's one on one and stuff, a lot of times he's more retiring or they're leading the conversation or he's kind of just like you know what I, oh I don't know uh, you know he's like he's kind of you know he's shy he's and reserved yeah he's yeah. reactive as opposed to being like you know all right well you know instead of being proactive so yeah, I didn't notice so that. so cool. yeah so yeah so he has he has some of the, he has uh, my son has some of the, of those characteristics and qualities. And also, you know, there's an aspect of where, you know, my son is, you know, he will be, um, uh, you know, he's, he's very gregarious and great kid. And he's, he's, my, my kid's amazing. My kid is not a sociopath that's going to take down his teacher. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> or anything like that, right? Right. Yeah, so, but, uh, but, at this, but at the same time, he is very, um, there are aspects of times where it's like, you know, like, okay, well, I don't know. You know, he, he, he's quiet and reserved, right? Like, right. I think loose, he, early on, part of what I interpreted to the conversations at the beginning I don't know. Luce might have told his parents everything if they had asked, right? Mm-hmm. But they didn't ask. They kept right. on saying, is there something you want to tell me, right? right? right. In which case, he's, he's not just going to be like, oh, well, here's all these horrible things I'm thinking of doing. Right, yeah. Right, right? you know, or anything like that. Yeah, of you know? course so, not. So it, but had they asked more directly or gone really the father's route, yeah. it, it, there is a greater possibility that really I think one of two things would have happened. Luce either would have told them or would have said something concrete enough that the parents would have been able to react to it and known what to do next to try to get ahead of what Luce was doing. But by right. doing the whole passive aggressive, hey, yeah. um, I'm not trying to get into your business. Why don't you just tell me what you tell me what you should tell me because you want to be honest? It's like, well, that's so open ended. It could be, yeah, open-ended. yeah, right. Yeah. right, you know. And so, yeah. So there's so so I think that there's, but but anyway, so that there's there's some of that in the movie. But okay. then, so but my my kid is he's he's a private he's a private kid about things. He's not like you know super emotional about you know right, everything yeah. going on in life. And so the, yeah, so there's a lot of different aspects of that that I that I identified with. And then and then also honestly part of it, which was the weird twisted pride part. I'm going like you know if my kid ever decided he wanted to do this, he'd do it just about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and on the one on the one hand, it's kind of like oh well, should I talk to my kid? And on the other hand, I'm like nope, that's thought and but, planning. And, you know, right. if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're going to do something like this or like you know basically if you're going to commit a crime you better be well thought out about it. why you're doing it how you're going to do it how you're going to you know think the whole thing through before you start doing it right right which you know that i'm like kind of like hey i i 
don't want you to do these things, but I did raise you to be thoughtful before right. you do things. So, so, there's, so, yeah. I guess there's a, there's a difference between being thoughtful and sociopathically plotting out the destruction of another person. It, it, I guess. Tomato, yeah. tomato. So, <laughs> yeah, so but, but that was, okay. um, yeah, so those yeah. personalities and those traits and everything about them as, as an individual were things that I uh, related to and the part of why I related to the parents so much as well, okay, because I yeah. related to what it would, the, the difficulties you have with that type of a kid because yes. it's not he that type of child you know so for example like with my, with my son right he's going to be he's not going to be just good I can ignore him and he'll be fine right right he can be great right and so mm-hmm. when you're dealing with that it's like it becomes difficult about how hard of a hammer do you drop on him. It's not like yeah. he's some ne'er-do-well kid where if I don't punish you now, the law is going to punish you later. The law right. is not punishing my oldest, right? right. He's going to be fine. He'll be successful and he'll, be, he'll have a great and wonderful life. But if he's pushed, he could be even greater, right? And so yeah. then it becomes like, so, so it's a different kind of push and you have different levers. You can't drop the hammer on him and shut him down because right. now you've made things worse. Right, right. right. You, you know, yeah. as as so, it's so it's, it's a right. It's a really delicate balance when you're dealing with that talented of a kid where he really has a lot of potential, and and his potential is even at the point of where ignoring him completely would be better than really being you know dropping the hammer and being hard on him. Yeah. There's a all right. So parenting tips from Ocean. There, yeah. little, little <laughs> segment here. <laughs> so. <laughs> So JJ, you did talk about the the wonder. I don't know you. I mean, you have a good ear because I I did not catch Tim Roth's. You know, I'm not a good person for accents anyway. But things you heard, things I, I, you I, saw. I played a game take... with you that tells me differently. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I played a, I played a game with you that tells me differently. You yeah, are okay. great with accents. Me okay. not so much. But you're great. <laughs> but uh, good old Sat Matt uh, throwback there. Uh, but JJ, anything? Uh, Stood out to you, uh, otherwise technically in this the film because that one shot. I mean, I yeah. would I would like to repeat that shot. The interesting yeah. thing about it too that that we that we didn't talk about is how they use technology in this film. Okay, they're using Snapchat. They're using a lot of different things. They're using Facebook. They're using they're, they're actually going into the way that social media works uh, to do a lot of their drama and and the way that they wrote this in there. It's it's difficult to tell whether that was in the play. Uh, right. Definitely effective in the film. And the reason why I bring it in con- uh, up in connection with that shot is because we see that shot. We experience mm-hmm. that shot live as yes. being part of the wonder as we go around Rosemary and then we leave and we have Luce. And then later on we watch Luce showing his parents the shot right. from a really interesting angle that his dad walks away from early because, Oh, now I trust you because right. clearly Miss Wilson is in trouble. Yeah. And Amy sticks around to see Luce lingering right. after everybody else has left and she catches his expression when he turns away and then faces the the phone camera that was right. used to shoot the angle that they see. Right. Which, again, the, the idea is just that this film really does a good job of being modern with technology in, in representing both the artistic way that they shot the film and then telling the story through the technology with cameras as – as anyone would do today, which I think is really great because we don't always get accurate representations of that. And this film that really does a good job of it, I think. Yeah. I'll have to say, I think, you know, director Julius Ona, uh, who also Mm -hmm. worked on the screenplay with uh, JC Lee, who is the, who wrote, wrote the play and also worked on the screenplay, uh, have put together just an amazing film. And to me, it's just tragic that this film has not found audiences. I mean, I hope people go and find that, come across this on Hulu because clearly the, nobody showed up in theaters. I think that sort of speaks to where we are now. This, you know, these sort of mid 
you know, mid-range dramas just don't pull in people, people to the multiplex because it's competing with Fast and the Furious explosions and, and all that. But for me, this is probably like one of the most powerful films I've seen in, in quite a long time and, and done so artfully in the way from it, a trailer complex. rewind perspective what i always tell people to watch is i tell people to watch miss sloan because i feel like people miss yes. miss sloan and that's my yes. favorite trailer rewind drama yes. that sort of mid what did you say mid-range drama yeah yeah that that's out there this is definitely of that caliber i yes. i think miss sloan's a little better but they they show up very close in my flick chart because um because this is the kind of powerful drama that if you like film and you like well-written films you're gonna love this movie and that's why it's a four four point five stars for me i don't give that ranking easy yeah this is a movie that should be anyone who wants to deal with these sort of parenting you know power philosophy uh, race issues you want to see this movie because it's it's got a sta- it's got a statement to make and it's going to create discussion. It's a great conversation for us to have here, and I think everybody should see it to have the same conversation. Well, I think you guys convinced me it's a four point five based Yay! on the discussion. <laughs> I think it, it eked out exactly. that other that other half Even star sixty one percent. Now you're only yeah. half star away from the right rating. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be it wouldn't beat Fury on mine either. Fury's in my top ten, but I so I totally understand where you're at, but sixty one percent. I, I know. I think I have to do some re ranking in my, my flick chart to, to get things too. lined up and, and all of that because this is definitely deserves to be higher. Uh guys, I don't you know if you have any other final last comments? No? No. Well then I just want to thank everyone for listening to Trailer Rewind. If anything we said here entertained, educated, or even enraged you, we'd like you to tell people about this podcast. And whatever your podcast listening platform is, please share, rate, or write a short review. It helps other podcast listeners find us. And don't forget to join our online community with fellow movie lovers. Learn more at thenextreel.com slash discord. Right now there's like a huge discussion because the Oscar, as we're recording this, the Oscar nominations just came out and there's this ongoing discussion of Oscar bait and what does that mean and which films are defined as Oscar bait and I think there's like three pages of you know discussion in discord right now in our Oscar talk channel about this Uh, I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows Stephen JJ on Trailer Rewind Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings even Tommy's short-lived No No Wait Hear Me Out and so many films they've discussed started out as a book a play or even a TV series Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our Originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. 